The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and what's up? Welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. If you can't tell, I'm in a really, really good mood this morning because it is a victorious Tuesday indeed. We're recording on Tuesday, November 16th. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I see some props. I see some props in the camera. Hold up. It looks like the Grinch. Did you go shopping? I did. I'm very excited, Rachel. This is a this is a huge cutout of the Grinch that is going to be in the front yard. I'm going to set it up like he's tearing down the lights. I'm I'm very excited. So I I I thought once you started and said you were in a good mood, I figured I'd bring up the Grinch because that's only right. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't already, you know, this is the time to start putting up your Christmas decorations. So it is, especially around us. It's going to be like 70 later this week. Yeah. It's time to like get them up because then it's going to get cold again. It's going to drop really, really quickly. My parents have already talked about it. Like this weekend, be prepared. We're putting the stuff out. So I'm like, all right, cool, fine. But we are coming off of a a road win against the Denver Broncos, a huge victory, 32-13. This was a really impressive performance from Jalen Hurts. We saw uh, birthday boy Devontae Smith balled out. It was uh, Darius Slay. It was just an overall complete victory. So we're going to dive into that today. We're also going to touch on what we saw from Jalen Hurts and Teddy Bridgewater. And then we're going to preview week 11, like we always do, you know, moving on to the next game when the Eagles host the Saints on Sunday, November 21st at one o'clock PM. But before we even get things started, don't forget to uh, leave a rating, uh, write a and review subscribe to our youtube channel and follow our social media platforms you can follow at bgn underscore radio on twitter and at bleeding green insta on instagram so make sure you guys show some love i'm your host rachel prevet and i am joined by my amazing co-host the one and only qb expert mark schofield so what's up mark how are you feeling i'm doing well i'm very excited that this is this was was this the win like was this the one like, I yes. mean, I, I'm looking around Eagles Twitter that there's joy. Yes. Are we dare? Do, do we dare talk about playoffs? I oh. mean, they're one game out. They're like yes. one game out. And we could talk about it a little later, but you look at the mm-hmm. schedule coming up. I, I think it, it's, it's very favorable. So, um, yeah. So um, I'm going to start things off with a song lyric. Okay. Um. And maybe people will recognize this. I'm going to go here. Here we go. Time won't fly. It's like I'm paralyzed by it. 
I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. That is all too well, Taylor Swift, because okay. like many, I spent most of my weekend listening to Red. And it's only right. Yeah, that's that's how I spent my Saturday night, um, a, a glass of wine in Red and get into the feels. Um, but I mean, I, I, I kind of, uh, that's my favorite track. I like Red. that. Um, and, you know, trying to find it. I, I think that's kind of where we've been mm-hmm. with the Eagles up until the past couple of weeks, trying to mm-hmm. find their identity on both sides of the ball. I think they've found their offensive identity. But, Rachel, do we think they found a bit of a defensive identity against Denver? I think because so. Because I think they did. I think they did. They look good. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting aggressive. So this was, this was a game where it was like, okay, this is progress, Jonathan Gannon. Like, you're listening, you know? And what was interesting was they blitzed a bit more. Mm-hmm. They were a bit more aggressive. And I know we spent a lot of time the past couple of weeks, particularly after that Chargers game, saying, well, you know, if you're going to play off coverage, you're going to give them these like five-yard hitches, you're going to get carved up. Well, Mm -hmm. the off coverage, the seven-yard off coverage and stuff like that, that could work if Mm -hmm. you're getting pressure. Yeah. If you're getting pressure on the opponent passer, he's either forced to check that down immediately and maybe mm-hmm. you make a tackle or he feels like he can't make that throw. Like if you're playing press, you don't get pressure. You can hit something over the top or even if you do get pressure, it, hits mm-hmm. up the, it, it almost seemed like it worked against Denver. And, you know, a, a critical play, I think, was the third down with like seven minutes left. Okay. It was a one score game. It was like the 704 mark. Mm-hmm. And they brought five. They brought a blitz. Mm-hmm. And Bridgewater really had nowhere to go with the ball. He they really sort of shut him down. around and ended up throwing it away. It was just a five-man pressure scheme, but they were able to get pressure. You got a good push off the edge from uh, Derek Barnett. Um, he was able to get some pressure. They brought Singleton in. He was able to get some pressure. This was, again, like the seven-minute mark, uh, 7.09. It was a third and 10 of the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. so Singleton comes off the edge and then cuts to the inside. Barnett gets some pressure. The pocket sort of collapses. And you're finally seeing a situation where pressure plus what they're doing in the secondary led to a huge incompletion. And so maybe mm-hmm. they finally found it. Maybe they finally found their identity on both sides of the ball. I do think it's in- interesting to note that if you think about some of the teams that we've played already, you can tell mm-hmm. how they're preparing for certain quarterbacks because like Teddy Bridgewater, for example, some of the the quarterbacks who aren't as like strong or aren't as talented compared to others, like a Patrick Mahomes, you can tell that they were yeah. really more aggressive. Like, oh, yeah. so that's interest. That's an interesting note. Like we, we're seeing like when they're deciding to, you know, blitz more and put more pressure and, you know, just be more aggressive all around. And it tends to be with the quarterbacks who aren't as talented, who aren't as dominant, like the Sam Darnolds, like the Teddy Bridgewaters. And those are the games that we've seen that like we were able to pull through a victory. I mean, I think that's a great point, particularly like all the like soft coverages we saw against the Chargers, the soft coverages Mm -hmm. we saw obviously against Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's what you're trying to do against those quarterbacks, keep stuff in front of you, rally and make tackles. And look, if they have these long extended 15 play drives, Mm -hmm. you'll tip your hat to him, like, good job, but yeah. you're not going to give them something easy. Against a guy like Bridgewater, you might feel, mm-hmm. look, he, he we're not too afraid of him getting mm-hmm. an easy one over the top, so we'll pressure him a bit more. Let's talk about who's coming up then, right? Yeah, Trevor Simeon. Yep. I don't think that that's a quarterback that really scares you, like, oh, no, he's going to mm-hmm. hit us with something easy over the top. Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're – like, Jones is a good vertical passer, but I don't think it's the he's same situation. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I Washington. don't think it's. Yeah, because then you get the Jets. Yep. And whether it's Mike White or Zach Wilson, I don't think you're too worried about them. No. You get Washington, <laughs> or Taylor Joe Heineke, or Joe Flacco. Right. Or Joe Flacco. Washington with Taylor Heineke, yep. Daniel Jones again. Then it's Washington again. Mm-hmm. Like, again. I don't think we want to go all in and just flip the switch from where we were a couple of weeks ago, where it's like, yeah. are we going to be benching Jalen Hurts by Thanksgiving to right. playoffs, baby? Let's ride. We're, we're, we're yeah. winning this whole thing. I'm but feeling you, good. You look at this stretch coming up. Mm-hmm. Those are some very winnable games. And this is such a wacky year. I mean, we yeah. just saw last night the Rams mm-hmm. yep. lose. I mean, the whole week 10. Like, yeah, the past two really, weeks, really. Like, literally, like whirlwind. Like, what is going on? You know? Yeah, but I think you touched on it. Uh, they're definitely, I think, preparing for this next uh game is winnable. The next stretch of games winnable. So I think they need to keep it up. We're right. seeing like, right. OK, there might be something behind here. Like, is this the defensive identity like you mentioned? But when it comes to Hurts, I chose song lyrics and I chose song lyrics from Get the Money by Dave East. It says, they feel my confidence and they not prepared. And when I say, I feel like this is so accurate, so spot on to Jalen Hurts, because this was a confident performance, a dominant performance from Jalen Hurts. He was comfortable. He was in command. He looked freaking amazing. And I just feel like if this is, well, the first half, of course, but that's what I'm talking about specifically, but it was an encouraging start. And I just feel like if we continue to see this type of performance from Jalen Hurts, we might have a monster, a beast on our hands because that's showing us like what he's really capable of and the possible franchise quarterback that he could really be like he looked good I went to a sports bar and I was watching a game just chilling vibing and when I say I was smiling I was so freaking hyped the entire first half because I was like who is this you know he just looked accurate he he was doing things that we haven't really seen him do maintaining in the pocket it was just an impressive start it was absolutely an impressive starter. That's that's the perfect lyric to sort of sum up Hurts. I mean, you know, I put together a three throws video uh, of Hurts. Yes, um, and, you know, a lot of Eagles fans are like, yeah, that he's he's grown up in front of our eyes. And, and I think we sort of saw that. I mean, the throw he had to Goddard where, mm-hmm. again, you could tell Jalen Hurts of like four weeks ago is going to bail the pocket and run. And mm-hmm. he stays in there. He fights that urge and makes that sort of, you know, late throw in the play uh, over the middle was a really impressive throw. His best throw might have been one that was dropped by Quez Watkins, that, that vertical shot play that, again, hit, hitch, step up, throw, mm-hmm. drop it in a bucket, just an absolutely perfect ball. I mean, the interception kind of late with his eyes. And look, the Denver defense is good. But we're talking about a Denver defense, let's not forget. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of last week's show, you and I were talking about, man, they made Dak Prescott struggle. They yep. they clamped down on CeeDee Lamb. They clamped down on Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. sure, Dallas got two touchdowns, but they came late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. This was an impressive performance to go on the road and put together that kind of The game. altitude. We had literally yeah. talked about that. So I'm yep. like, this was just – it was just – I was literally like breathtaking because yeah. I was just so impressed. I was just so happy, so thrilled. This is what we've been preaching about the entire season. Like we talk about this all the time, like seeing him develop, being patient with him. So this performance, I literally was like, put some respect on his name. Like what yeah. negativity can you say after this game? Yeah, mistakes in the second half. But the first half, I think in the first 30 minutes alone, he was 15 of 20 
for 176 yards with two touchdowns and 52 yards rushing. That was in the first half, the first 30 minutes alone. So that just shows you like he is making progress and he could be, could be, I'm not saying he is. So, you know, don't come attacking me on Twitter, but he has the potential of becoming the franchise quarterback. If he can continue to, like we talked about maintaining in the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield. Like those are the things we want to see being patient um, he's going to develop into something great. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this was the kind of week that if you're in that, he could be a franchise quarterback camp. That number, that, that camp seems to be growing over the past yeah. 36 hours. But if you're in that camp, this is the kind of week where you're like, yeah, this is what you want to see because yeah. you know, it's the developmental steps. It's the little thing, you know, the first touchdown to Smith, like absolutely no hesitation on that. Yeah. Like absolutely no hesitation on yeah. that throw, like out and up design. Sure. It's mm-hmm. Patrick Sertan. Who cares? Go attack yeah. him. This is your guy. <laughs> you know, make that play downfield, you know, take that mm-hmm. shot. And he did it. And, and, mm-hmm. and look, Smith made a fantastic play on the other end of it. The second touchdown, it was a bit, bit of an easier read and throw cross it route down to the red zone. Um, but he put that right where it needed to be. Again, the Watkins throw, you know, even early in the game, they had sort of those sprint out concepts to move him around a bit. I thought Sirianni did a good job calling some stuff for him to move him around. You know, Mm -hmm. he had that route he threw where he put it on the back hip of the receiver because he didn't want to lead him into the defender, which I thought was really nice. Um, even the first touchdown to Smith, they, they kind of rolled them out of the pocket a little mm-hmm. bit. So this was a very impressive performance. And I think what's really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, Hertz finished this day 16 of 23 for 178, two touchdowns and the one interception. Plus, yep. you know, the stuff he added on the ground. Matt Jones goes 19 of 23 for 198, three touchdowns. Yeah, three touchdowns versus two. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about Matt Jones right now being the best rookie quarterback in the game. And maybe, you know, he is. He's, he's mm-hmm. played well. Hertz's numbers were pretty similar this week, and he added some stuff on the ground. So, but of course, we're not going to hear about Hertz when it comes to oh, how good he's looking because people are going to still throw in the excuses, like or whatever they want to make it when they talk about how he's not a rookie. So, of course, it's like people are not going to compare him to Mac Jones. Yeah, give credit when it's due. Right, that's only fair, but. I'm not going to get my hopes up and expect people to be like on a high horse when it comes to Jalen Hurst because people are still doubting him in the midst of this performance. People are still hating. Right. And, 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 you know, I I think people will continue because there's nothing we love more than to plant our flags on hills and then refuse to move off those hills. I mean, I'm I'm guilty sometimes (laughs) myself. But I think, look, this, this is when I remind everybody that fourth different offensive system in four years right yeah like he's not technically a rookie i get mm-hmm. it but he's in his second offense in two years in the nfl um mm-hmm. this is his first full season as a starter like mm-hmm. he, has he started 16 games yet to this point like I, has he gotten there i think no. so but maybe 14, not 15 it might be it might be at 16 by i now. mean i think he's approaching 16 mm-hmm. but i don't think he's there yet so you could also make the counter argument that in terms of like games played like he's still in a quote rookie season albeit his second year in the nfl but yet again in his second different offense in the nfl system mm-hmm. so you know I, I i still you and i are on the same page here we want to preach patience when it comes to jalen hurts mm-hmm. you know as we talked about the past couple of weeks, like might he become the guy you win games because of? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think the jury is still out on that. Right. But I think this week was a lot more evidence that he could, mm-hmm. or at a bare, bare minimum, he's going to be a guy that you can win games with. Yeah. And yes, you could build a team around him. And, you know, maybe he's not the guy that like 
carries you to victories week in and week out, but mm-hmm. he can win you some games. He won't lose you games on his own. And like you were talking about when it comes to the type of player who you're going to be required to like put player, put the system, develop a system around them, put in, put in, you know, the play calling decisions that are going to help him put in the players that like this offensive scheme, pretty much when it comes to um, Nick Sirianni, we can see in the play that you were talking about in your three plays. So go shout out, you know, shout out to Mark, go and watch these three plays on Twitter. He did a really good job. But one of the plays that you were talking about, we've seen the growth when he did, he, we saw him move a little bit. And I feel like that comes with Nick Sirianni. They're clearly designing schemes where he can move because they see this is where his strength is. So it's like, okay, they give him a little bit of room to move, but he's not going to take full advantage and just, Bail because he's trying to make those improvements when it comes to throwing the ball. So I think that that's also credit to Nick Sirianni because we're seeing that they're putting him in the right position slowly but surely in order to be successful down the road. Yeah, I mean, I think Sirianni deserves a lot of credit. And look, there was a lot of criticism earlier in the year directed his way, and I think rightfully so for yeah. you know relied too much on the pass at times, mm-hmm. like not working the run game in at times, like maybe not catering the offense to where Hurts is as a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. I think in over the say the past month, Sirianni has done a very good job of sort of self scouting, looking at his offense and thinking, okay, these are the things that we do well. These are the things that Hurts does well. These are the things that we need to do more of. Like. Mm-hmm. As much as I might want to run pass and plays X, Y, and Z because I think they work, they're not working for the players we have. They're not working mm-hmm. with the offense we have, the quarterback we have. But here are the plays, you know, A, B, and C that do work. Mm-hmm. Let's call those more. And I think that's the sign of a a, a smart coach. You know, I, I heard Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals recently, said something like, you know, if you don't adjust three weeks from now, you're going to be dead. You know, three weeks from now, the league is going to have figured you out. You have to constantly be evaluating where you are, what you're calling, what you're doing, and if you're doing it right or not. And I think Sirianni has done that over the past month. And maybe Gannon had d- did a little bit of that over the past couple of weeks as well. And so credit to them for figuring that stuff out. And look, last thing I'll say here, Bill Belichick, right? One of the best coaches of all time. He always stresses you want to be playing your best football in November and December and January. Like, you know, looking great in September is nice and all, but you want to be playing good down the stretch. And part of that process is figuring out who your players are, what they do well, what schemes work best for you during September and October. So by the time you get to November and December, you're well-versed in what you do well, and you can do that at a high level. I think that's what the Eagles are working towards right now, and that's a pretty good sign for a young coaching staff. And I think when they the best thing that they could have done was start running the ball because we're seeing like the complete drastic change in the offense. Like Hurst isn't he's not stressed like that relieves him from a lot of stress. Like he's not, of course, throwing the ball 50 times, but we're seeing like a more balanced offense. So I'm liking what I'm seeing and we might have something to be excited about. We might. And you know who else, Rachel, is liking what he's seeing? Who? Lane Johnson. Yes. Did you see some of the clips of him like celebrated mid plays? Yes. Like it's a, I actually Sunday night wrote a piece about it. Okay. And okay. I dug back through the season. Like even back in week one, like the, he, there was a screen pass to Miles Sanders and it went for like 26 yards. 
And as the camera's panning downfield at the back <laughs> end of the screen, you can see Lane Johnson like waving his arms before the play's even over. Like Sanders is at, like the th he Sanders gets down to like the 10 or something like that. But he makes a cut at like the 30-yard line and Lane's just like pumping his fist behind the play yeah. before it's even over. And then there were like four different plays like that on Sunday where my favorite was there was a run behind him with Jordan Howard. And like Lane makes this like twist and block with his back to the plate. He comes up, swinging the arm with a first down motion yeah. as the runner's back's going behind him. It's yeah. incredible. So like, yeah, yeah I know uh, Shane Half um, – who does an Eagle show fan. And he's a fan of the show tweeted out a clip. Benjamin Solak tweeted out a clip mm -hmm. of a different play. Uh, Brandon Thorne, who does offensive line stuff, who knows Lane Johnson personally tweeted mm -hmm. out like a three play series of like three plays in a row where it's like, first there's a fist pump and then yeah. there's like a bigger fist pump. And then on the third play, there's like the big windmill. <laughs> like Lane Johnson is loving life right now, which is great. You have to love that feeling knowing that you can tell, you can just feel the vibe they are enjoying being on this team. Like yeah. they are behind Jalen Hurts. Like that has to be an incredible feeling, especially right. players like, you know, Lane Johnson, who is a veteran on the team. Like this is a, this is a good team that is starting that we, that we have here. Did you see the, the clip of Gardner Minshew in the locker room? No. I don't think I saw there, that. There was a clip from, I think the Eagles social media staff put it out where Nick Sirianni was telling everybody that, you know, we'll see you Wednesday, which is, yeah, you're getting Monday and Tuesday off. Okay. And Minshew just wearing his game pants, no shirt, nothing, is losing his mind with joy. Seriously? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it's just like a five-minute clip where Sirianni is like, you know, you, you want to come in and you got to get tested. I think that's a COVID thing or an injury. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what he meant there and then he talked about getting fluids which i think was a nod to look you're gonna have a fun plane ride home yeah but then he's like and then we'll see you wednesday and Minshew is in the front row no shirt just like screaming like a kid at a concert like I losing his mind. you should look it up like I this, gotta does, find it this does seem to your point though like a team that's enjoying the play a team that's enjoying each other a team mm -hmm. that's coming together on and mm -hmm. off the field and Look, from where this team was earlier in the year and the questions about Sirianni, the questions mm -hmm. about Hurts, to get to where they are right now on the cusp of being into the playoffs, and with this stretch coming up, that's quite a job this group has done. Yes. So kudos to Nick Sirianni. Kudos to Jalen Hurts because it takes a leader in order to rally like the troops. Yeah. And clearly that's what they're doing. So I'm loving it. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. A question I did have, shout out to RJ Ochoa, because he's been, this has literally been his motto he's been throwing out there. Like, yep. are the Broncos frauds? He's been talking about this a lot. We saw them week 10 when they blew out the Cowboys, and that was, what, 30 to 16, I think? Yep. So it was like to see this performance, it looked like two completely different teams. So was this like a time to you question like, okay, are they really a threat like we thought them to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I this was a real letdown performance. I mean, and I was going to ask you, uh, there's a lot of talk about Teddy Bridgewater right now and that, that mm-hmm. Darius Slay fumble and what yes. Bridgewater did or didn't do. And I think we should talk about that. But yeah, it's hard not to say that. Well, I mean, we could put it back on RJ in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who are the bigger frauds? The, the Broncos <laughs> or the Cowboys? Because the Cowboys. if the Broncos are frauds, then yeah, the what does that mean? Up by some frauds. That's a good I mean, point. That's a good point. But look, look I, I I love RJ. RJ's yeah, great. Me too. So I, I don't want to make too much <laughs> of, of that, but I mean, I'm just asking. Um, very much a letdown performance. But where are you on the Bridgewater thing? Because I see that. And I could go one of two ways. Like okay. if a football play, yeah, you're a quarterback, but like step up, try to make a tackle. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Also, do you want your quarterback like getting hurt in that situation? And like, I saw that argument too. So that's like- the other side of the argument because Baker Mayfield in Cleveland right now, he mm-hmm. is really hurt. And it started with him trying to make a tackle on an interception. Mm-hmm. That's what he injured his, his left shoulder, his labrum. And, you know, there was a couple of weeks ago when, when Brady threw that pick six on Halloween against New Orleans, mm-hmm. you know, somebody made a clip of Brady just sort of standing there and watching it. People were like, you got to go make the tackle. And it's like, do you want Tom Brady to get hurt? Yeah. Like making a tackle in that moment? Like I could see both sides of it. I know Fangio sort of called Bridgewater out in a film session after the game and like paused it. I, I'm not so sure you want your quarterback like trying to make a tackle in that moment. Now, yeah. maybe look, it, it's quarterback versus defensive back. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it's not like, oh, this is a middle linebacker and you're going to get run over. So, right. so maybe or like, you know, try to dive with the ankles or something. But I'm more in the line of you got to protect your quarterback. Where are you on that? I think this is so tough. And I have been seeing the same argument. Yeah. But. I think people aren't going to be on the same page regardless, but it's kind of like this is such an aggressive sport and knowing how like fans are when it comes to like being hungry to win, that was clearly like a determining factor for the Broncos. So people aren't going to see it as, oh, he doesn't, we don't want him to get hurt. I feel like people are just looking at it as this could have been a game changer. Like we want to win. So what you have to do to win. Like that's what people want. Yeah. And I, I totally understand that. I mean, we're in the year 2021 and people still talk about Cam Newton in Super Bowl 50, where there was that Mm -hmm. fumble in front of him and he didn't dive in. You know, I will say, you know, when I was playing, our coaches told the quarterbacks, like if there's a fumble situation, do not dive in. You know, because mm-hmm. if you dive in there, somebody hits your shoulder, suddenly you're a dislocated shoulder. And really, I think the conversation was more to Jake Fay, the starting quarterback. Jake, don't you dare do that because then Mark will have to play. And I think that was really the underlying <laughs> argument there. But, you know, if you're in a situation where you lose your starting quarterback because he's diving into a pile or trying to make a tackle, now you've got your backup and your starters lost for the season. 
-hmm. Well, maybe in the moment trying to make a football play makes sense, but long term for the team, yeah. it might not make sense. Maybe so he should have tried to fake it. Like maybe, maybe knowing I'm sure in the moment he wasn't processing like what was going right. to happen. I would have fell on the ground. Like I would yeah. like I mean, give the little dive, right? Tried. He literally looked like he backed out. Like uh, yeah, he was just like, you know what? No, you got it. No. So he like, maybe maybe he could have you know, faked it. Yeah, like, he could have done one of those where like you let him go by, but then you dive at the ankles and try yeah. to like tip one foot into the other. Yeah. Like they do with like kids sometimes. Like, you yeah, try it to just trip looked them. bad because it looks yeah. like well, he was scared or, you know, he was intimate, whatever. He was being a coward. That's what it looks like. So it looks bad. I think he, he would have tried, you know, he really didn't have to do much, but maybe just dive or maybe yeah. fall on the ground. It was a lot going on in the mix. We wouldn't have known, but the fact that he kind of jumped back out of the way was like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that element is is what kind of makes it look a little worse. Yeah. I mean, if he gives it the old college try, we can say, all right, well, he's just a quarterback. He's not going to make a yeah. tackle, but at least he tried. He didn't just was like, you know yeah. what, nah, I'm out. Because that's like, what do we see years ago when it was Zach Ertz? And he talked about this. Um, that literally changes how people view you. Yeah. Kind of just like, uh, you've seen this before. Like, you should have finessed it some type of way. Like, I think you knew this was going to blow up. You yeah, got to uh, cry. It's at the end yeah. of the day, people want their team to win, so they're going to come for you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think you should have tried something. I mean, maybe don't fall on, hit him on, yeah. wrap him up, but like, try to trip him or something, you know, yeah, smack so the ankles or something. Yeah, so that's a tough yeah. one, though. Yeah. Now we're moving on to week 11. And so the Eagles, hopefully, you know, are coming off of this momentum, this momentum swing and they can try to get another win against the Saints. I mean, they're without Jameis Winston and they're without, well, they were without um, Alvin Kamara last week. I'm not sure if he'll be back. He's dealing with a knee injury. I don't know if he'll be back by this game, but they're five and four after they lost to the Titans 23 to 21. And the Titans are definitely a contender. So that's not like a blowout game you know they only lost by two points but in two of their oh, but two of their wins to note are Tampa Bay and the Packers so that's also like a hold up they they might be like that so of course going into this game like the Eagles are one and a half point uh favorites but the Saints they have been struggling a little bit getting things going early something that we were struggling with yeah. as well so that's something that the Eagles need to take note of. Like if we can shut them out early, like clearly they're not good at coming back. So right. that's one thing to take note of, but also they have Mark Ingram who was formerly on the Ravens and he just became the Saints all-time rushing leader. So that's going to be a problem that yep. we need to be worried about. And that's going to come down to linebackers, you know, are they going to step up and do what they have to do? So there's definitely areas. I think this is a winnable game, but there's areas where it's like, we need to build on next week. We need to build on last week's performance because clearly like they're a contending team and they're a physical team. Yeah. They're a very physical team. I I, I think, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is Dennis Allen's defense has done a very good job this year, particularly in games against Tom Brady this year and dated back into last year of really sort of showing you something and then doing something kind of unexpected. Okay. Like, you know, you look at the two interceptions they had of Brady a couple of weeks ago. One was, you know, there's a three receiver concept and the outside, the inside receiver, the trips is running out. Second, the middle receiver is going vertical and the guy covering, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he's covering the guy that's going vertical, but he's reading Tom Brady. 
Mm-hmm. Brady sees that it's man coverage and he thinks, okay, well, I'm going to throw the out route. You know, inside receivers working against a linebacker playing with inside leverage, I could just throw the out route. He never in a million years expects that Chauncey Gardner Johnson is going to peel off that vertical and jump the out. But that's exactly what he does. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Brady has probably thrown two interceptions that I can think of his entire career on that kind of moment. One was against the Dolphins, I think, four years ago, okay. where it was a vertical concept from the inside receiver and the outside receivers running the in cut and the guy covering the vertical concept at the last second peeled off to take that in cut. Brady okay. said after the game, I didn't expect it, but yeah. that's exactly what happened. And then you get this play where again, Brady has seen every coverage known to mankind at this point in his career. He's not expecting that. And you get the interception. The second interception he threw the pick six, you know, that was a bit, you know, show two high safeties, bring the one safety down, you throw the crosser right into it. You know, he probably should have read that one a little bit better. But that first one is kind of the unexpected stuff that this Dennis Allen defense will do against you. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is going to be ready for that. You know, there yeah. are going to be some moments where Jalen Hurts is going to drop back and think, look, this is man, I know what I'm seeing, or this is zone, I know what I'm seeing. And somebody's free to do something unexpected mm-hmm. like Chauncey Garner-Johnson does. Dennis mm-hmm. Allen has allowed those guys to do mm-hmm. that. You know, okay. So that's something that you know Hurts will have to be ready for. Offensively, look, we, we don't know if Kamara is going to go or not. If he goes, mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of Kamara mm-hmm. against Singleton in, in, in the passing game. Like, they're yeah. going to try. They love that halfback weak side option where, you know, single receiver and the running back weak side. Mm -hmm. And the running back has a read option element to it where he runs a route where they can go either to the outside, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're playing from the inside leverage or if he, the defender's playing with outside leverage and he breaks over the middle. And it's just, uh, which way you covered me doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make you wrong. So you have to be ready for that. If Kamara goes Mm -hmm. otherwise with with Sibby and they're going to scheme some stuff up a lot of, you know, levels, concepts, three level reads for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But if Kamara can go, that's going to be a big factor. So we're going to hope that he's not back right then. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we don't want long-term injuries, but maybe just, yeah. you know, he's not quite there yet. You don't want to yeah. rush him back. He's 85%. He'll be good to go in week 12, but yes. you don't want to rush him back for week 11. I think yes. that's where you should be as Eagles fans. Yeah. And Trevor Simeon finished this game against – uh what, I'm, I'm blinking. I'm blinking. I'm blinking. I'm blinking. Tennessee. Titans. Titans. Yeah. He finished this game 19 of 34 for 298 yards with two touchdowns. Also to note – when it comes to like their wide receivers, like pretty decent players, Deontay Harris, he recorded three receptions on four targets for 84 yards. And this was against the Titans, of course. So a a possible like breakout candidate, we're seeing like a little bit more from him and also Callaway. So when it comes to like Darius Slay, yeah, I mean, it, you know, you've got uh, Traquan Smith, too. Um, yeah. He had a touchdown on, on a nice out route where we're simming through that with good timing, good rhythm, good placement. Um, so they have some weapons. I mean, Trump mm-hmm. in the tight ends, you mm-hmm. know, people have been waiting for him to sort of break out. Maybe that's finally happening. He had a couple catches against Tennessee. You know, it, the engine that really makes this offense go is Kamara because oh. – so much of what they can do in the matchup game. It almost makes you like there have been some teams facing Kamara. Eagles did this at times where they would just double him, you know, back in the Jim Schwartz days. They would double team him on every single snap and say, look, you can beat us, but it's not going to be with 41. I don't know if Gannon does that. If Kamara is back, you might see some brackets. You might see, you know, if they go cover one, you might see the underneath hole defender really sort of shade towards Kamara's mm-hmm. side. But if he can't go, then look, you're talking about Callaway, you're talking about Smith, you're talking about Harris. Mm-hmm. You know, I would imagine if he can't go, maybe you see Slay more on Smith and Callaway 
Okay. Um, those are the guys that scare me the most out of those three. Mm-hmm. But if 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 Kamara can go, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me on say a pivotal third and six. You take Slay and you put him on Kamara. Like, like okay. you, you just say, look, you know, you're not going to beat us. Similar to what I was just talking about, you're not going to. You can beat us, but it's not going to be with 41. Like beat us okay. elsewhere. Okay. Just a thought. Right. That's no, that's a good thought. I like yeah. that. So we will see what happens. Hopefully, we have, we have some more positive football to talk about Absolutely. after week 11. So, like Absolutely. I mentioned, look, they, they win this game. I mean, I, we I might think we be can on start our thinking way. about playoffs. I mean, yeah, we might we start be on thinking our about way. Giants twice, football team twice, Jets once. Yes. Like, those are five games that yeah. are very winnable. And look, if yeah. you get to five and six with those five games coming up, yeah. Like going into the bye, it's possible like we could be in a good position. Yeah. So we're they get the late happy. bye too, which is nice because you can yes. take that week to sort of get rested up. That's that could yeah. be huge. Cause the way this NFL season is playing out, literally the team that is left standing might be the the team that's the healthiest at the end because of how wacky the season has been. And so teams that have the late bye, New England, Philadelphia, they might be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, but before we even get there, we have to get through week 11. So, like I said, the Eagles return home to face the Saints. And this will be Sunday, November 21st at 1 o'clock p.m. Immediately after, we always do the BGN Instant Reaction Show. So make sure you guys drop in and interact with us during that. Don't forget to rate. Don't forget to leave a review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. And put some respect on Jalen Hurts' name. But do you have any words? Any last words, Mark? <laughs> um, listen to Rachel. Put some respect on Jalen's name. Follow Rachel on Twitter if you want. I'm going to stop being nice. I'm going to start getting mad when people aren't following Rachel. Also, the Grinch just wants to say bye, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Grinch. Um, and uh, go Eagles. <laughs> go Eagles.